Hey everyone, it's me, and welcome back to this week's episode of my Best Vintage Life podcast. My name is Bridget Morowski, and I'm joined by my co-host, Art Bazarkanian. Hello, Art. How are you? I'm great, Bridget. How you doing? I'm okay. Um, together, we are two-thirds of Baz Brothers Unlimited, a vintage wholesaler based in Fresno and Los Angeles, California. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. I'm going to do our normal little show blip really quick. If you need to email us questions, comments, concerns, feel free to do so. Admin, A-D-M-I-N, at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. Best way to get in touch with us. Social media, we are on TikTok and Instagram, at mybestvintagelifepodcast. Our website is www.mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there for vintage resellers that goes out at the start of every month. You can also purchase mentor sessions with me. We no longer run those through our patron program. Those are just bought separately on the website. You can also do some shopping there and find our wholesale FAQs if you would like to place an order. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast. You can do that through the Apple Podcasts app or via the Podchaser website. We really appreciate it when you take the time to write us a review. It's just like everything else. There's an algorithm and it kind of puts us ahead of the line and helps other people find us um, in your country, no matter where you're listening. So we've um, gone on some new charts lately, which is exciting. We're uh, doing very well in Romania and South Africa and Mexico. So thank you. I don't know thank you in Romanian. Uh, And gracias. Fun fact for anybody listening in Mexico, I was a Spanish teacher at one point in time, in case you haven't heard that on the podcast. And I spent time in Guadalajara in the summer of 2008. I studied abroad there at ITESO. Which broad? Which broad, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, dad jokes. No way. That <laughs> was so good. It's okay. I don't, I don't know if I have an obsession at the moment. Do you have one? Uh, yeah, actually, I think you do have an obsession. I do? You do. What is it? Olipop. Oh, yeah, I'm really, I got into Olipop. I didn't want to get into it because it was a little much sugar, a little too much sugar for me, but it's not too bad. It's, it's live, man. Good. Just yeah, live. live Who little. cares? Every now and then I have one of those instead of a sparkling water. Yeah. I guess it's, I don't know. It's a splurge. It's a little splurge for me. Yeah, you deserve yeah. it. Really and like the blackberry the, vanilla. Blackberry vanilla. Uh huh. Sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. The root beer was interesting. Root beer is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Root beer was really good. So. Art brought that to um, my house, and uh, for Easter brunch, people brought weird stuff. Yeah. Weird Coke flavors. <laughs> Fantasy Coke. Fantasy. Cotton candy. Cotton. It didn't taste like cotton candy. No, I think he had stale cotton candy before. <laughs> it was like Galaxy or something. Ga- like, ah, Fantasy Galaxy. Like That's what it was. Tastes like a Coke to me. So. Yeah. The other obsession you have right now is working those barrels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, we're going to talk about that. Cool. One of our topics. Yeah. No, no obsession for you. No. No, I'm always obsessed. Always obsessed, but yeah. not with one thing, I guess. Never. Well, Art came up with most of the topics today. Did he? Um, I think so. He wanted to talk a little bit about um, our first topic, which I think is appropriate for both the vintage enthusiast and a vintage reseller, or maybe you're both. 
I think if you're a reseller, you have to be an enthusiast in some way, shape or form. But um, just in case you're not a reseller, I think you'll find this one interesting as well. And that is just the evolution of, of vintage brands, not in a super detailed sense, but more in a uh, wide general sense. I'm sure Art will give some specific examples, though. Yeah. So I was just reflecting back on like when we first started the business and what consistent things that our Japanese clients were always asking for. And it was Champion, Levi's, Nike, and at that time, Adidas and Puma, Mm. Uh, Polo Ralph Lauren, and just like Lauren. Lauren, thank you. So those brands. And I was just thinking, and then they become cyclic, right? Some things stay consistent throughout the time. They they would go away and they would come back. But what I realized is the Japanese were incredibly intelligent because the things that they wanted were very high quality. Filson, uh, North Face, Patagonia. So they would pick like the best of a category and would want it. And it made sense because, you know, why spend all this time coming all the way over here, shopping, looking, and take back crap. And what I've seen recently is that some of those brands aren't as well-made as they used to be in the 90s and 80s and the 70s. And so they've had to shift what they buy. And they're they're not buying any modern of those brands, modern versions of them. But back in the day, they were they were buying the vintage ones and they were buying current ones from that time. But I just want to say something because I always get into an argument about this with you. Like, you'll hang up shitty North Face and I'm like, Art, why are you doing that? And you say, oh, well, the Japanese buy it. But now you're saying if, they don't. Well, no, it's more of like the style. Like, if you know, sometimes I, I, I'll hang something because it's a one-off. And it's better than because I can't make a whole nother a fleece category versus a T-shirt or something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but like even some of the newer styles, you know, they're limited editions. So that's why I'll hang it up mm-hmm. if it's a high vent or some of the ones that have these weird numbers, 550 series. So that's why I do that. But the point is the quality of some of these companies have drastically changed. So. Don't get so hung up with, oh, I have to have a Nike or I have to have a Levi's or I have to have this because a lot of this stuff before was made in the United States or the factories were actually reputable factories that weren't mass producing things. Like, you know, a lot of uh, Nike clothing was made in Macau. Uh, Macau? I think it's Macau. Okay. And in Korea, like uh, in the 80s and early 90s. So, which was really good quality, actually. So, those that's why those things have lasted. And recently, you know, obviously they make stuff in China. Those don't hold up very well. They feel horrible. But even with Levi's, I mean, if, you know, you realize everybody wants made in USA Levi's, made in Mexico, made in Honduras, made in Guatemala. Those areas of 90s and early 2000s still hold up. You know, we can dye them, we can shred them, we can do all kinds of things to them. But the Levi's in the last 10 to 12 years have just been pure garbage, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, that's so bad. It's it's awful. It's awful. I mean, and we see so many pairs of denim that I think we've, you know, we know what we're talking about in a sense when I say that it's crap. 
Well, yeah, like when we would do the destruction and they would have that like almost the thread Sheen. would look like cotton candy. Yeah, it was horrible. It didn't even look like a thread. No, no. It was it made, like kind of made you sick. Like just to look at it, you're like, oh my God, who made this? This poor yeah. person who got stuck making this? What is the environmental damage to this process? Yeah, and even though they try, you know, Levi's to be an eco company, but I think it's a lot of it, it's for honestly for show. More so because there's no way you could be doing this in Europe that way because, you know, Europeans really don't give a crap as much as here. We're the most regulated country in terms of production, you know. So here we actually take care of our carbon footprint more so than any other country. I think there are European countries that care a lot. Yeah, but there's no manufacturing going on Oh, there. okay. Now, I was going to say, don't, yeah, I shouldn't I was say, like, that. don't yeah. say they don't care because no, I'll no, get they an do. earful for that. Well, no, we should get an earful if we're wrong. That's the whole point. You're having a discussion and yeah, we no, educate and they could educate us back. They're not manufacturing textiles right. in the sense that okay, Levi's in Levi's Asia, has a, a factor. lot of Asian countries. Exactly. Levi's has a huge, huge, I think two factories in Turkey. Mm-hmm. There's no regulation. Anything goes. That's yeah. why they use those kind of countries. Where's the cotton coming from? Who knows? Who knows? What's the quality of cotton? Well, how was it produced? So the whole point of that is I just, like I said, since I was traveling, uh, I had a lot of downtown at the airports and I was just reflecting back. I'm like, what was it that the Japanese, why were they choosing these things? And it was the same thing with OP. Oh, yeah. Now OP's in Target. Right. So it was- (laughs) Or Walmart, They they always chose and desired when Mm -hmm. I came to a category, whatever it was- they wanted the best quality of it. Yeah. It wasn't the hype, you know, it wasn't just a notoriety that came with it. It was what was made the best. And I, I admire that. Well, you know, I think if, uh, if a lot of these brands really wanted to do better, they could, I think much like a lot of things in today's world, it's just very, um, it's not genuine, you know, it's just how can we look better and, yeah. you know, I'm trying to think of the nice way to say it. Not many people and a lot of people listening to this podcast are, but you have no idea how many people still don't understand the industry we're in and what fast fashion is and what it does to the planet and what it does to the people who are involved in the process. And, um, I think a lot of these companies take advantage of people's lack of knowledge. And to most people, to most everyday people, it's like, oh, that's cool. They're they're recycling some stuff. Like they don't look into the guts of it the way we do. Right. And I think a lot of it, you know, I talk all the time about like, I don't think that's a genuine attempt to do this or do that. I just think it's a, it's a, not genuine attempt to look good. Right. Well, I'm excited about our attempt to help as much as we do a ton of recycling, a ton of repurposing, um, a new exciting project. We're going to be converting clothes and scraps. I hope this works because we just have so much stuff in the warehouse. It's like, I can't hang it up. It's modern shit that comes in with, the bales or or if it's stained and and it won't die right there's just at some point in time there's certain stuff like we have to because of the volume we do we have to throw in the towel on some stuff but then it's like well what do we do with it and i i've just been bailing it and i've been saving the bales and occasionally 
I'll, it's well, time for 30,000, 40,000, sell it to the next person. So we have the opportunity and I don't know how it's going to go. And I can't say like who we're doing it through, but to work with a company that, um, incredibly eco-friendly recycles, they basically take the, the textile, I won't say clothing cause it's not all clothing, the textile and turns it into rolls of fabric. So yeah. it's basically fabric made from the guts of clothes um, and textiles. So I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go, if it's going to work out. Um, so we're going to do a test run of a thousand yards. It takes yeah. one pound of discarded fabric or clothing to make one yard. Okay. One yard to one pound. That's yeah. the yield. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do a test run of a thousand pounds. And if this works out. I mean, I can't tell you how good it felt filling up because right now we've been filling up Gaylord's. Uh, those large boxes that you see us in our videos online on, on social media. We've, I mean, we have two filled up and it's just as I'm, especially as I'm doing the barrels, I'm just like, Oh my God, this stuff, it's just random crap that just needs to go. And it would be so great to well, make it not into only something that we can clearing. actually use and be excited about. Yeah. Not only is it going to be clearing space, it's also going to clear headspace. Yeah. That's, that's the thing for me. It's not even necessarily the physical space. It's yeah. like, I now have hopefully have an option and know that, okay, I, you know, cause like when I'm, I'm purging and I'm organizing and then I'm left with stuff that I'm like, I don't have a home for this. I'm not hanging this up. Like this isn't vintage. This isn't cute. Like what the hell do I do with this? And then now this opportunity might be very helpful in that yeah. sense. In the old days we had the opportunity. We used to sell it by the pound to the carpet pad people. Yeah. And and that was local. So it was mm -hmm. great. They would come and pick it up with the trucks. It'd be 10 to 20 huge bales that I would make. So it's like 15. What do you mean like underlayment for carpeting? Exactly. Oh. Like, you know how you see it, it's all multicolored? Yeah. So you can use polyester and denim for that. Oh. Uh, you really did. You couldn't use, you could use acrylic as well, sweaters. Okay. But it was a little bit more selective. What I'm, I'm excited about this is anything goes and they'll sort. Well, I'm sure if we send them something they don't like, they'll let us know. Yeah. And it's please you know that's the whole point is you know when you try I mean, something for us with stuff like that it's like it's a very seems low risk potentially very high reward because it's like what the hell else are we going to do with that other than sell it by the pound i'd rather yeah, turn it but into we're something still cool. i mean we're still paying for them to make it we're not we're supplying them the fabric for well, it we shouldn't be paying them to make it the person that we're doing this for should no obviously <laughs> but i'm saying someone's paying yeah well, I just thought we were providing the raw goods. I didn't think we were paying anything. Again, I'm looking at the longer, bigger oh, picture for, yes. for myself. Yeah, of course. To, yeah, I'm not going to just do it because they ordered it. I want to do it. I yeah. want to see how it turns out. Of course. Yeah, right? no, I mean. As if, much as we manufacture. If it fizzles out with this other person, then it's something we can still participate in, you know. 100%. I mean, I, I would, and I'm sure the, I would like to see some uh, swatches. Yeah, me too. Especially since there's variants, you know, it'll be like a rainbow thread in a sense. Yeah. Well, I feel like we kind of got off track from your topic. But. Sorry. No, no, no. We're, we're on it. It's the point is uh, don't get pigeonholed into thinking just because a brand was good be before that it's still good. You know, the kind of do your research, always look at the tags, see where they made it, you know. Even if it's an old school brand that, oh my God, champion, it's been around, what, 1903, 1920s in Rochester, New York. Take a look at it. Oh, 
it's made here. Okay, well, yeah, no thanks. You know, there's some other great American companies now that are keeping it here. They're not as big, but the quality is better. And that might be the thing from 10 to 20 years from now is the desirable thing because it has that quality. So look for quality. Oh. Okay. Uh, did you want to do an ad read? You could come over here and do it. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. You're going to let me? <laughs> here I go. There, I'll make it a little bit bigger for you. All right. Is this big enough? Yes. Okay. So you're going to start here and then go to the hyperlink. Okay. I should have got my glasses. Okay. Three Marguerites, resellers of curated finds on eBay. Antique, vintage, contemporary, hand-smocked dresses on Sunday mornings. Pearl snap shirts in the same dance hall where Grandpa waltzed Granny. A Shetland wool sweater keeps you cozy around the campfire. Chicken soup and the price is right under an heirloom Afghan. We hope you'll find these memories and more in our eBay store. Three Marguerites gladly... <laughs> Gladly ships overseas purchases through the eBay Global Shipping Program. And then read the link. I don't know all those symbols. Okay. It's ebay.com slash str slash three marguerites. That's M-A-R-G-U-E-R-I-T-E-S. Thank you for your patronage. Okay. Thank you for your patronage. <laughs> all right, Art, get back to your mic. Okay. All right, the next topic you wanted to cover, I feel like, is you wanted this to talk about this more from an, an enthusiast's angle. Which is what? Uh, the denim, the denim, shopping for denim. Okay, along with what we had just discussed, is uh, when you're shopping for yourself, I've noticed just from talking to shop owners, uh, people have something in their mind. They go in. I want a pair of Levi's. I want a pair of cut-off Levi's shorts. And they will not bother looking at anything else. And they'll either give up or walk out of there with an ill-fitting pair just so they can look like everybody else. Not all our bodies are the same. Not all our shapes are the same. And not all cuts of denim are the same. So you need to kind of try different things. And, you know... Our clients that are successful are so good at looking at a body type and making suggestions that, you know, expand your horizons. Try on a pair of Lees. Try on a pair of Wranglers. Try on a pair of, you know, uh, Saddle Kings, anything, Landlubbers. Try on something that nobody else has. Make yourself unique, you know. Don't, don't go down that path of crap. Just for the sake so you can have crap like everybody else. Don't go down that path of crap. <laughs> Wise words. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Kids these days are all over the board, so... But I feel they, like they run in packs. Yeah, Like, I have that hard. problem with my son. Him, like, through two, three of his friends will get... They'll get Carhartt. They'll get this other brand. The next thing he'll ask me for, I'm like, Why? Well, so-and-so's got it. I said, I don't care. You know, even though they're free, they're here, 
I, I still don't feel like every time he has a whim, you need to give into it. I go, be an yeah, individual. Come, your... come work an hour. Earn those Even pants. then, it's like, it's like conformity sucks. You yeah, know? I'm actually shocked Just, that kids are still like that these days. I don't know. I feel like we're in so much more of a different mindset as a society. But I think there's also that desire to be like an, uh, we're pack animals, right? Yeah, I, so, I guess so. So you kind of want to have the long, horrible hair. That's what I call oh, him, his bush head. God. And then, or the clothes, you know, skater style, this style. Now there's the shaved on both sides of the head with a mullet-esque looking hair at high oh. school like the entire baseball team at his school has that it's a crack up oh man well i've read that the kids of that age they're not really having sex anymore so that's probably <laughs> why <laughs> you are, how did it go to there well, oh, i was just man. thinking like man when i was a teenager and i was just thinking like what what would it be like to be a girl who's into guys these days in high school <laughs> i don't know yeah, well, just being you could funny. St- you could still walk on a campus. They would not think you're a teacher. They would <laughs> think you're like, hey, I haven't seen that senior. What is she? I got yelled at once as a teacher when I was a teacher. By another teacher? Yeah. She didn't know who I was. Get to class? No, it was a fire drill. And I had to do my, um, I had a. I had a piece of paper and I had to make sure everybody was there, account for everybody, make sure nobody's stuck in the building. And she didn't see that I had the paper and I was walking toward the building and she's like, hey, get back with your class. And I was like, I'm a teacher. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And like all these kids were laughing at her and they weren't laughing at me because they liked me. And well, that's um, hilarious. You yeah. can pull that off now. Yeah, I know. It must, was must be your new steamer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah anyways um so now so let's look at it on the perspective as a retailer like we know we get a lot of requests and almost all the requests are cut off shorts uh denim but they always try to keep it to levi's and i'm like you know we before used to be just 501 505 then we got them to understand like hey the 550 cut is a great cut with these new body styles. Uh, 512s, try different cuts. Don't, you know, don't all be chasing the same, you know, kernel of corn that's dangling. It's just one. Not everybody can have it, you know. And then unfortunately, when too many people chase too few a product, it drives the price higher and higher and higher. And if you're a smart retailer, you need to figure out other things that you can offer your clients that aren't so overpriced. So that's why I always recommend try some Wranglers, try some Lee, try some off brands. Some of the off brand stuff from the 80s and 90s is amazing. You know, um, I don't know if you guys have been following along the uh, past week or so, but me and my brother took a trip. My brother and I took a trip to Texas where we were under the expectations. We had these goals that, oh, we were going to come across three to 4,000 Levi's, but unfortunately, it was probably about two, 300 Levi's and the rest were off brands. So instead of being a couple of sour pusses, we're like, you know what, let's go for it. And we just started working and digging for about, I don't know, the first day was maybe 11 or 12 hours straight. Then the second day, my brother went someplace else to pick vintage and I stayed there and worked another six, seven hours. And at the end, I ended up with like about 1200 pieces 
And it was some of the, and I was sending pictures back to Bridget. And she was like, oh my God, this stuff is amazing. The detail in the pockets, you know, Kugi, Jinko, Fubu, Platinum Fubu, and then Machiavelli, uh, what's Biggie Small Gene. So it was a lot of uh, 90s and early 2000s stuff, which was hilarious because I mean, I remember people wearing it. So the point is, don't be closed-minded to new opportunities, new things. Like, uh, you know, I'm happy that we've had some people try our weird rave pants that my brother bought 3,000 of because they're made in USA. Beautiful, beautiful denim. Great cuts. And we've had people really do well with them. You know, where else are you going to get a 90s dead stock pair of pants for 20 to 25 bucks? Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked people are buying them considering the embroidery, but... It is what it is. Nobody's complained thus far. No, because so. it was it was an era. You got to just accept the era. Yeah. You know, you can't be looking back with today's eyes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and just enjoy for what it was. Sit and rip the threads out, you know. No. Yeah, nobody has time to do that. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I uh, When I came to Vintage for me, I never really was driven by brands. I was more about quality and what it looked like and did it make me happy. Um, I didn't do a lot of denim, but I certainly didn't have a lot of Levi's. I had a lot of mixed brands. I had a lot of cutoffs that were just good 90s denim, 90s brands, maybe some 80s in there. Your but other people's trash stuff? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, liked, really... I liked how you, I liked your picks. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm still selling stuff up there from my, my old business as I'm, like, zhuzhing the racks and rearranging things. I mean, I just never really was so driven by brands. I think that's just kind of evolved into a vintage trend or a reseller trend in, in recent years because, you know, I knew a lot of other people selling vintage at the time. And it just, it, you sold what you liked. You sold what you thought was cool and what other people would like. Um, and then... I like you that. You kind of had like these beasts form these, I don't want to say like a monster, but like the Levi's and, you know, everything else. It's not to say that people didn't desire those things before. I just don't really remember it being so pronounced. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, do you want to do the next ad? No, go ahead. Okay. Are you sure? I'm sure. Thank you. Elwood Vintage was opened in 2016 with the dream and three t-shirts. Six years later, Elwood Vintage has that perfect piece for every occasion. Put on an Elwood Vintage tee and hear the loud guitar screaming, feel the drums beating, and you singing your heart out at your favorite 80s rock concert. We have that butter soft biker tee that will take you back to your first motorcycle ride with the wind in your hair with zero Fs given. Visit elwoodvintage.com. Don't forget about that perfect crisp pair of vintage jeans to jump into in the morning. When you buy vintage, you are buying more than the clothes. You are buying the memory and the good vibes that come with it. Elwood Vintage. Wear them till they melt off. So that's elwoodvintage.com. And thank you for your patronage. Okay. Um, and then before we get into our last topic, our patron program, we have a new patron, but I have not been able to get in touch with them. I sent them an email. I'm not going to say your email on the podcast, but I assume that you're in Arizona based off of your email alias. 
Um, so maybe check your email, see if I went into your spam, because uh, I reached out about your shout out and your question for art. Uh, thank you for your patronage regardless. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out if you were following me on social media or not. I, I don't think I have anybody with a lot of, t so sometimes people's email alias matches their business and sometimes it doesn't. And that's been the hard part about the patron program or the people that they're like, oh yeah, I'm this person on Instagram. And I, oh shit. Okay. That's who you are. So, um, person in Arizona, thank you for your patronage. And, uh, wouldn't it be funny if they're not, I'll show you their email art. I just is safely assuming they are. Um, but thank you for your patronage and hopefully you get back to me and I can do a shout out next time for you. And we appreciate it. If you'd like to join our patron program, it is $5 a month at our lowest level. Very affordable, very easy. It's a reoccurring payment. And if you decide you don't want to do it anymore, it's super easy to cancel. There's no commitment and uh, you get an on-air shout out. So we'll shout out either you as a person or your business, whatever you want. You get to ask Art a burning question. So I'll read the question to him on an episode and then he gives me um, his, you know, he gives us his feedback there. It's always helpful. And then there's two bonus episodes a month. And right now Art has been trying to join me on those. So it's just kind of like this, but even better. In our most recent one, he talked about his trip to Texas and it was a lot of fun. We recorded that last weekend. So He's going to try and be on as many of those as he can. So ultimately that works out to be $5 a month and a lot of value there for you. Lots of value. Or $60 a year. Or if you don't want to do a year, you don't have to. Then there's our $20 level, which is our ad level. Um, I'm only keeping that open to five people. Right now we have two ad slots filled, uh, which are the two we just read for you. So you can... I got to... Sorry to cut you off, but somebody sent us like a present in okay. lieu of can i finish this first <laughs> thank you you gotta see your face okay <laughs> so we have our 20 dollar level which is our ad level and you send me the copy for your ad this is great for vintage resellers especially if you ship internationally because we have such a large international audience 30 to 60 second ad twice a month so it's two times a month you get to have an ad on the show and you get um what are you doing? Nothing. You also get access to our bonus episodes. So two bonus episodes a month through the Podbean app. And then finally, our last level is $25. All the benefits of the $5 level. And you also get to do text mentoring with me through yeah, arts dancing through the nudge app. So also a lot of value there. So we have our five, our Isn't 20, and our $25. Apps? It's not a sex app. No. Sounds like a nudge. nudge. It is a little suggestive. Yeah. <laughs> nudge. Hey, nudge. Nudge me. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. It's a very basic, super user-friendly app, and it's just um, a good way for me to communicate with the mentees on there. So I gotcha. $25, $20, and $5 level. You can... Check those out, patron.podbean.com slash my best vintage life podcast. And if you're still looking for mentoring or if you're interested in mentoring, you can buy mentoring sessions via our website now. There's a $75 one hour session. There are three sessions which work out to be $60 each uh, for $180. And then you can do six sessions which work out to be $50 each for $300. And I do accept shop pay, which allows you to make payments over time. And that's that. 
So we're going into our last topic now, which is, um, you know, Art suggested that I talk a little bit about the barrel purge I've been doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just been, you know, so we have this barrel section in the warehouse for those of you that are new to the podcast or if you're not following us on social media, it's kind of hard to illustrate via words. Can I give them some background? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's your warehouse. Correct. Let's not forget that. <laughs> so at our very first warehouse, uh, we, we have, we're very limited on space. And we were able to set up some pallet racking. It was only 3,000 square feet, and it was in Sun Valley. And we had gone to a few rag houses, and we noticed they had things in barrels and aisles. So, so we figured, oh, this, this is how you're supposed to do it. And actually, it is absolutely the worst way to do it. After all the years of seeing it, barrels really are great to help you sort and organized, but once you have them sorted, then you have to do something with them. They can't just stay in the barrels. Barrels are good like when you're going through things and you just got need to, okay, this is this category, this is that category, that, but you can't leave them in there unless you're a person who is just meticulous, who's on top of it and does not let anybody else touch it. You can't let customers touch them because they will mix them all up. So long story short, so these barrels have are barrels that we have accumulated, added onto, and moved around from Sun Valley to Vernon, from Vernon to, uh, let's see, what's the other, Commerce, then from Commerce to Fresno G Street, then from Fresno to this big warehouse, and then again, two other places. So they, they've got some years on them. And along the way, we've had different employees who some were able to read, some weren't able to read. And they have just thrown things into them. And we try our best to go through them occasionally, but it's 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 a nightmare. And so, but the stuff in there, there's gold in these barrels. And so Bridget decided to start with poly shirts. And then from there, it's just trickled to cotton shirting, to shorts. And I can't wait to see what else what other category you hit and clean up so far she's purged about 14 barrels yeah it's um it's intense i keep i keep telling myself okay it's gonna take me a while because i've been like looking at them and it's like god i made a dent but it doesn't look like i made a dent oh no it's a huge dent trust me and and it's one of those things where and I'm not trying to like put our clients down or put people down that come in the warehouse, but like when they see an area that's trash, they think it's okay to just keep trashing it. They don't like, I don't think they feel a sense of like, well, let's keep, you know. Like it doesn't look organized because at one point. So it needs to go. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's, it's not going to be something that's going to be done next week or next month. And especially when it gets hot, that's going to be. It's a hot area of the warehouse. Well, there's a dock there I could yeah. open. But. You can't shut you can't shut down your work to organize. That's the thing because we yeah. not only do you have clients, but we also have orders. We have production. We have dye. We have sewing. We have a lot of things going on. So you have to fit it in. But yet, as as you're doing it, you can't hinder the other things that you're trying to do by blocking aisleways and and having things all over the place. Yeah. yeah. No. Um. I haven't really made a mess though. I didn't say you did. Well, I'm just you saying. told me the other day I did. I didn't think. Well, I you kind of left some stuff around. I left some stuff on hangers on top of a barrel, but uh, hey, I'm not like some some people. Actually, this is so gross. They left water bottles and like food wrappers at the bottom of barrels. 
How disgusting is that? Ugh, I was so frustrated. If anything, I'm just it's just made me frustrated with people, but I'm trying to keep a positive attitude and say, well, you know, the after effect of this is it's going to look better and you know, it's a it's a positive thing in terms of profit because um, you know, the stuff is getting unearthed, brought up to the surface, and some people have been vocal about like, oh, why are you you know, why are you undoing the barrels? And, you know, and then some people have been cool, like, yeah, it needs to happen. Um, but at the end of the day, here's how I look at it. I'm finding all this treasure. And it's like, if people haven't found it by now, they're not going to find it. And it was because they just didn't have the motivation or the energy or the will to, to dig. It's, it's a big dig. And um, Barrels are hard to dig through because, especially if you're on the shorter side like me, after so long it gets uncomfortable. So I'm just trying to look at it positively. And I did post a video on Instagram that I thought it was kind of a good way to look at it was, um, you know, for me, barrels, like what I'm doing is this a smaller version of shopping your closet. People always say like a good way to be sustainable with your wardrobe whether you are vintage or not, is to shop your closet, rework your closet, restyle your closet, come up with new ways to wear the clothes you already have. To me, I'm just doing that on a larger scale with these barrels. Well, you're doing amazing. Let's sell the clothes we already have and make money on those and help other people make money on Can the you item. tell me what you think the best item in each category you found? What was the best tank top when you were working the shirtings? Um, the tank tops were probably one of like the least exciting because they were mostly blanks and the gotcha. there was print printed tank tops mixed in with it and none of those were especially great. Okay, so, so yesterday you were doing shorts, right? Yeah, the shorts were killer. That's probably that and the Hawaiian shirts or sorry, Aloha oh, shirts. Aloha shirts. I almost well, and but the thing was it wasn't all Aloha shirts. It was it was a smorgasbord of just shirting and rayon. And I, I almost started to cry because I'm like, I can't believe this stuff is just covered in a barrel. And then the shorts, I didn't even plan on doing those yesterday. I started, I had a stack that I had pulled aside and I have like a double rack right now of like, I call them tiny tops, just like fun little tops. And then the bottom is shorts. Well, we had two clients come in and they bought like a decent portion of that <sighs> Half, like the half, half the rack. So I'm like, oh, time to refill. So I had this stack of shorts and I put them on bottom hangers and hung them up. And I was like, oh, I'm going to look through this barrel. And then I was just like, and then I realized there's like four short barrels. Now, that was just not my intention for yesterday, but that's how it worked out. That's what happens to me. Once I go to a section and then you come and tell me, ah, what are you doing? Getting lost? I'm like, no, it's just like one thing leads to the next, leads to the next. It's, you know what I'm I mean? I'm typically better at staying focused or blocking my time. I don't think that's a lack of focus. I just think like sometimes it's like playing Tetris. Well, and you know, sometimes I just need a brain break and digging yeah. for me and organizing is, is a good one. And, um, you know, uh, just with the two clients we had come in, I mean, they're, they're typically diggers. I don't think they dug much at all. They didn't they know. They shopped almost because I know because I know I can always tell how much hanging stuff people buy because when I come in the, in the morning I see the hanger returns. We have wheeled hanger returns like you would see in a store, which are super convenient. I'm so glad that we got them. Thank you, Art. <laughs> of course. I know what they look like in the morning, and then when I see what they look like in the afternoon, and they're full, it's like okay, they bought well, a it was ton nice. of it's, stuff on hangers. The comment like, I want to dig, but I 
camp because I got so much stuff on hangers. This was amazing. I finished my entire trip. Like this is a person who came who normally spends six to seven hours and is discombobulated, goes all over the place, but yet they were literally done in an hour, hour and a half because there was such great stuff hung up. Yeah. I mean, I think they left by like three o'clock. Yeah. And they could have left at noon. Yeah. Yeah. So it felt good. And um, it's not that I don't want people to dig or get the enjoyment out of that. It's just a lot of people, I think, have the persona of like, I'm a digger. I like to dig. And then they come here and they're like, well, I have a day and now I'm screwed. And the hangers and the hanging stuff really, really helps people. I think it helps them feel less tired, less exhausted, you know, less wear and tear on their body. Um, more focused mentally because a lot of people come in and they're just mentally, it's sensory overload. They don't know where to start. So having some organized hanging sections really focuses them. So I guess... Yeah, that's well put. I've noticed that because going to barrels are... is pirate day. No, it can give you anxiety because if they were organized, they wouldn't. Like if everything in a barrel was exactly what it was written on it, then you'd be like, okay, cool. I could use this. I could use Disney shirts. I could use vests. I can use skirts. But when you're finding seven or eight different categories in one barrel, you're like, whoa, 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 what is this? Yeah. So the racks do exactly what you said. Just kind of ease them into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So find your way of doing this. Find this version for yourself, whether you're an enthusiast and maybe you have some stuff that you haven't seen in a while that you forgot about and it's going to brighten your day with, you know, a new outfit or a reseller who has some stuff in storage and you drag it out and you're like, crap, this should be out on my floor right now or this should be on my website right now. Even if you've got two bags that have been sitting in a corner, those are your barrels. Yeah. Hit them. What are your barrels? Yeah. Purge your barrels this month or, you know, this spring whatever timeline you're on um, or this fall, depending on what hemisphere you're in. But, uh, you know, just find your barrels and work through it and give yourself small attainable goals. Well put. All right. It's time to barbecue. Yes. So we had Oh, I'm a sorry. Friend. Yes. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, no, no, she no, forgot. No, no, no. We, had a, we had a friend uh, of the podcast and a friend of our business we've been working with for a long time. And I'm... Eventually, you get him to be interview him on the podcast because his life has been amazing, unbelievable in the fashion and garment industry. His knowledge is phenomenal. He's been into Japan at least 60 or 70 times. He started in the 80s in garment mills and has worked with some of the biggest, coolest brands ever. So, but as a present and now in his new venture, he sent us some. Wagyu beef, yeah, which uh, I'm excited to barbecue right now. Yeah, and uh, so and if but if you're interested in it, you can go to beefloverscom <laughs> and order yourself I'm some so hungry. some of the wait. best cuts of beef known to man. Vegans, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> hey, we, Truly, we eat vegetarian. I, no, I eat honestly. I eat a lot of veg. And I would give up chicken, pork, and turkey. I'd give up all of that, but keep beef. Is that weird? I don't know. No. 
Like I would eat fish and beef and give everything else up. A beef uh, to me, like I guess I'm always a little low, like on iron and stuff well, like that. Well, you're a girl. You need yeah. it. You need it. Yeah. Certain times of the month, I need my beef. Um, but I could eat a burger like every day. I know that's sad. It depends <laughs> on the burger. Sad. So I'm excited to try it. I've only had one wagyu, and it was a it was a ribeye, and so. I've heard these burgers are supposedly the best burgers. Once I eat this, I'll never want to eat another burger. And we're using Eco Charcoal, which I bought uh, for my charcoal grill at home. It's seriously the best charcoal. I mean, I was shocked the last time that I used it. It lit quick, burned really nice, and lasted. So. The important thing is the Wagyu's got to taste like Wagyu yeah. and not charcoal. No, I know, yeah. but this is a great charcoal to do it with because exactly. there's no chem there's like no harsh so chemicals. thank you to beefloverscom Yes, thank you, beef lovers. All right, let's go eat. Yes. In the meantime, stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy, be kind, and don't be basic. Don't be basic. Bye.